Hello, 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 and welcome to another fantastic episode of Anarchy Among Friends Roundtable Discussion. Before we get started, let me remind you that we are covered by the BIPCOT No Government License, which allows for the reuse and distribution of this podcast by anyone and everyone except for governments and the bludgies thereof. You can learn more about that at BIPCOT.org. That is B-I-P-C-O-T dot O-R-G. Yeah, we're back. Yeah. Episode 79. We took a little Christmas break and a little holiday hangover break, but... Yeah. Yeah. I was definitely hungover for the holidays, so... Well, I've been suffering it, too. I mean, (coughs) just... Moms work so fucking hard from Thanksgiving to Christmas. You guys don't even know. (laughs) And then as soon as Christmas is over... um, Single parents. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> well, and you know, and what what hits what hit me the hardest anyway this year was that I couldn't do anything. Like we have a bunch of Christmas stuff to put up, but we were so busy we never got around to it, so it never felt like Christmas. And it's yeah. like my favorite holiday, so it kind of ruined it. That's that sucks. What are you gonna do? Yeah. Yep, uh-huh. I, didn't, I didn't put anything up either because well. I'm broken. I don't have anything to put up. <laughs> so I got all my, I got, I got my really cool. I got my Star Wars, the the Fabrichés, the the um, Ken Adler Fabrichés. So they're they're like Star Wars Christmas figurines. Kurt Adler is the guy who does all of the um, the Hallmark ornaments and stuff too, like oh. the Star Wars stuff. And they are from clear back in the early 2000s. And the set that I have is worth eh, like 50 grand. So I really like to display Jeez. occasionally. <laughs> oh, and I bought them for like ten bucks a pop at the time. That's all they're crazy. That's all they're selling them for. But yeah, so I got like a a Yoda that looks like Santa Claus, and there's like a C three PO and R two D two like open like setting up Christmas decorations and all wrapped up and stuff. And then there's a uh, Darth Vader who's made a snow Death Star. Um, there's a Boba Fett who's got a frozen um, Han Solo and Kryptonite with like a bow on it that has a little tag that says two Jabba, two Jabba. Um, and then, uh, and then there's the elusive one that I cannot find or get my hands on that is Jawa's opening Christmas presents and it's parts of R2D2. Uh, and I can't find it anywhere. Like no one has it. I found it once like five years ago and they wanted like 2,500 bucks for it, which no. So, but geez. once the whole sets together, it's like 150 to 250 grand, depending on condition. And all of my stuff is still in the box in perfect condition. So like, I really crazy. need that last part. <laughs> That's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I make a lot of money on toys, all right? I make a lot of money on toys. I sold a (laughs) Funko Pop for $800. I make a lot of money on toys. (laughs) Jeez. Freaking nerds. (laughs) (sighs) That's right. I still have like 12,000 football and baseball cards, so I know what you're talking about. (laughs) <laughs> and you're making fun you're making fun of my Star Wars stuff and here you are with your oh look at this little piece of cardboard that's worth 300 bucks <laughs> yeah <laughs> I can't <laughs> I, I'm a card carrying nerd it's okay I play I play D&D I've never played that looks fun but I just never have there's some anarchists listening right now going Brennan 
circus, Fred and circus. Yeah, probably. <laughs> because they're lame. <laughs> hey, look. Shh. Let people if enjoy you don't this. stop and enjoy your life and engage in some fucking whimsy, then what is the point of any of it? Well, you, you can't can, enjoy stuff. You can tell that they don't within like five seconds of interacting with them, yep. too. Because as soon as you start, because they're just like, everything's like really intense. And oh, my God, you're a terrible person immediately. And you're like, you, you know, maybe yeah. relax, <laughs> smoke some weed, have some Funyuns, play some D&D. All right. You need help yeah. building a character where well, let me pull out my character sheets. All right. Yeah. We'll work on this. Like, no, no like I get that processed sugar is bad, but let yourself have a soda like once a year for fuck's sake. Yeah, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, no bards though. Definitely no bards. No bards. Like that was watching The Witcher. That was one of those things. Like as soon as he picks up the bard, I'm like, oh god, he picked up a bard. It's all over. Uh, <laughs> nothing goes well once you pick up a bard. They're so annoying. Occasionally oh. useful, but so annoying. So and he really he really is annoying as fuck in that show. <laughs> oh. The song's catchy. I did, I did the the song is catching. I did like Leo's cover, heavy metal cover of it. That was pretty good. Yeah, my. Hey, mom. look in in larger fantasy mythos, bards are very useful creatures to have around. Okay. Oh, oh absolutely. They're All sacrificial. Right. Hey, there's like, occasional. Well, well there's no, not even. It's where their buffs are useful. Getting a come on, getting a bard's but using a bard's buff occasionally is really, really useful. And you go, thank God we had that bard. Support. Well, I mean, there's some where they play <laughs> prominent figures and things, like uh, the High King and the Black Cauldron and what's that series? The I can't I remember the. Anyways, Jerk is going book nerd on us. Yeah, I'm sorry. Say, it's a little <laughs> nerdier than. <laughs> Oh, book nerd is nerdier <laughs> than D&D. You've got to be fucking shitting me. D&D yep. and Star Wars, and I'm the nerd because I read books. <laughs> Whatever. Let me tell you about how much I know about Game of Thrones, too. <laughs> <sighs> well, you guys want to know what I'm reading right now? I'm reading The First Confessor. By Terry Goodkind. Oh, okay. okay. That's that's nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, it doesn't mean anything to you guys, does it? Oh, I know Terry Goodkind is. That's about it. Yeah. Yep. You probably so, remember that god awful fucking show they tried making out of his books. Oh my god, I could have fucking strangled them for that. What show was that? <laughs> um, it was called The Seeker. Oh, I scrolled past that multiple times on I think Netflix. You did yourself a favor. It sucked. <laughs> so bad. Well, it's probably about as bad as when they tried to turn the um his was it the his dark material series into that one movie that was like it tried so hard, but it really made it so obvious that that entire book series is really just a blatant ripoff of the um um, Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe, and and that whole yeah. series. And the moment that you realize that it's a C.S. Lewis ripoff, you're like, oh, so you tried to like do C.S. Lewis, but like as an asshole, <laughs> <laughs> and it sucked. you took all the good, nice parts of his books out. <laughs> yeah, it just kind of made it really depressing and sad and kind of pointless. So mm -hmm. yay. 
That's you know, it's like imagine you you were trying to remake Star Wars, but the only movie that you wanted to use as a basis was Empire. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, it's going to be interesting, but at the end, it's really depressing. <laughs> yeah. So you can't, and it misses the entire point. And Andrew's <laughs> brought it full circle back to Star Wars. Yes. Fucking nerd. Master <laughs> nerd, thank you. Master nerd. <laughs> so, well, Game of Thrones was full of fucking ripoffs, too. I know of at least one other fantasy series that used the Iron Throne concept with the personal weapons of the conquered monarchs or whatever that did it 20 years before well, Song of Ice yeah. and Fire. That's because it, it, it was kind of a real thing and the whole yeah. series yeah. is based on the, the War of the Roses and is like real. Yeah. Like it, it, it's inspired by real events. And that, so technically one could argue that the original yep. series was a ripoff of reality as right. Game of Thrones. Well, Which and, most fantasy is yeah. in some way or another. And well, just so we don't lose our, our anarcho credentials, Terry Goodkind was highly influenced by Ayn Rand, Atlas Shrugged. Yeah. And uh, he's a big fan of objectivism. Yeah, and <sighs> if you read the Sword of Truth series, you'll see that for yourself. <laughs> My yeah. favorite book in that series is Faith of the Fallen, which is just this massive book-long fucking indictment of communism. And um, nice, yeah, and so that's my favorite. I have three copies of it, right? Like my crappy old paperback, the new, like, first edition. Kevin got me the whole set in first edition hardcovers, so that was included. But like two years ago, he got me another hard copy, um, edition of that book, but he had it autographed by Terry Goodkind, so I still have that copy too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, they're very libertarian books. I recommend them for anarchists who are looking uh, for a fantasy series. They're not super religious, you know. There's there, there's a debate on whether objectivism is libertarian or not. Uh, well, there's there <laughs> there are worse enemy of of uh, anarchists and and libertarians. Or there were enemies and anarchists and libertarians, <laughs> or anarchists and statists, or anarchists and communists, or anarchists and other an anarchists. anarchists. Yeah. There's only, what is it, the, the two things anarchists hate more than anything else are roads and other anarchists? Yeah. Other anarchists. <laughs> you anarchists seem contentious people. You just made an enemy for life. <laughs> and thus yeah. we circle back around to the whole learn to get over that whole Brandon Thurkethus thing and maybe chill out yeah. a little occasionally. Yeah. Like, if you would all just be like the three of us, we could all just get along. Okay. <laughs> Stop being individuals and be exactly the same. That's right. <laughs> You're either an Andrewist, a Dirichist, or a Jasonist. Yeah, like, if, if 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 you're not one of those three, then you're not a real anarchist. That's right, because yep. we're the authorities on what anti-authority is. <laughs> so, so haven't you heard? I, I won't, I won't, I won't name drop, but there's a few anarcho uh, leaders right now that are just going. You haven't, you guys haven't heard that we're also, we've also been accused of being. Well, I anyway, and I think Jason has been accused of being a celebritarian. Yeah, mm, at least yeah. once. I've been um, accused of that too before. Yeah, and I'm like, what? Are you I'm under like, the impression what? that anyone listens to me ever? Nobody what? fucking <laughs> listens to me. And if they do, those poor souls. 
Oh, you, you find ben, sweet summer. Like, the most traffic I get on my page is people telling me how fucking stupid I am, so. Yeah, ben Stone mentioned me in a podcast, and I got unfriended by people. Oh <laughs> I had one just, like, a, a week or two ago that was, like, accusing me of being, like, right-wing. And I was like, why? Why do you say that? And they're like, oh, because you're always posting right-wing stuff. You're constantly posting. I was like, I went back two weeks on my timeline. I can't find <laughs> one thing that's right-wing. Well, you shared something of, of um, who was it? God, now I can't remember the real celebritarian. <laughs> Larkin I, Rose. They're like, you shared something of Larkin Rose's. And I was like, so what? I can agree with one quote from somebody and disagree with another quote from that person. Jesus Christ. That doesn't make me fucking of their persuasion or not. I mean, for fuck's sake. First of all, that's why I always steal everything and make it my own idea because then no one can accuse me of being associated with anybody else. Second of all. <laughs> Hashtag fuck IP. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is mine. Um, <laughs> I don't want your reputation sticking to me. Fuck your IP. Yeah. That's, if I'm going to ruin my reputation with an idea, I'm going to pretend it that damn well better be my own fucking idea. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but second of all, though, it's the funny thing is, like, if you notice, even within the anarchist community, you like, I know I've been getting accused of being extremely right wing for the past, like, like six months and then now in the past couple of weeks i have gotten endless you're a left-wing socialist pro-terrorist blah, blah, blah. and i'm like okay so all of you people who are quote-unquote libertarians or quote-unquote anarchists are still following the same right left paradigm of all the status you yeah. allegedly oppose which means you have to assign a <laughs> position on your own little yeah, like you, political rule slide, and you have to stick people to it wherever you think they belong. Just yep. fucking stop. My God. If somebody says, no, I'm not, fucking take their word for it. They know themselves better than you do. Y'all motherfuckers need to read more Carl Hess. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I've... watch more Anarchy Among Friends. Yes. It's, yes. I love confusing people. I love confusing people by when I, I'll post an anti-Trump thing and then they're like, oh, yeah, well, Obama. And I'm like, he was a fucking asshole, too. Fuck that guy. Like, he yeah. was also a raging psychopath and a tyrant. And oh, a my socialist God. Motherfucker. And then they're like, well, oh, well, oh, you would rather Hillary? No, she's a fucking psychopath, too. Are you kidding me? Like, yeah, don't false dichotomy, bro. There's more than two fucking options. How about if I don't want... Your whole goddamn yeah. system that puts those people in power in the first place. Yeah, I Fuck all of you. Fuck it's, it's all funny. of you. It's funny you should say that, Andrew, because I posted on Wolf today on a Wolf of Sheeples on my page, or our page, that said it, and it was a um, an article from it was a brand, it was a new article from Business Insider, um, and it was citing an article like in 1998 that's been floating around, and it was. Um, uh, an article talking about how Bill Clinton attacked Iran like two weeks before the impeachment. Oh. Right. And that people mm -hmm. were throwing that around because they were all, oh, you know, Trump attacked Iran, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, well, Bill Clinton attacked Iran right at the impeachment also. So like, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're throwing the comparison in there. And I swear to God, dude, there's like a half dozen. There's there's probably 50 comments on the thread now. I stopped. I stopped watching it but there's probably a half dozen comments on another oh what happened to this page blah 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 blah, blah. fucking I love, liberals i love yeah, that the, the amount of the amount of you're all liberals and like uh -huh. 
And and I like get, we owe it to of, them to fucking yeah. post shit that they agree with twenty four seven or something exactly. happened to the page. Well, Fuck and then you. you know, and you'll and you'll get that because like Gunnar will post something that's fairly right wing, and then I'll post mm-hmm. something that's clearly anarchist, and then Jason will post something that's clearly anarchist. Yep. And you'll between those three posts that can all happen within hours of each other, you have people accusing us of being a right of having turned into a right wing page and a left wing page. And just being generically insane, all within all. I've seen like <laughs> like accusations of Antifa on there, oh, yeah. and accusations of fucking, you know, like KKK and like yep. all the shit in between. That's yeah. how you know you're doing it right when you're pissing literally yeah. everybody off. <laughs> My favorite is when I get accused of being a white nationalist, considering that I'm not completely white. Like that's one of my favorite. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um. Okay. Uh, I like. I like. I. I like even more the on occasion, where another anarchist page will screenshot something from us, and share it, and then talk about how we're not real anarchists. Oh I, I've never actually had has that. Happen. I haven't. Seen yeah, that. it's happened. It's happened quite a few times. They're all oh, like. God. They're all like really small anarchist pages, and they don't ever last long. Oh. But. <laughs> like, whenever that whenever that happens like i will like i rarely ever check the notifications for wolf but i will always oh there's check. so many of them my god I, I will always check when we get mentioned yeah mentioned so, and we get we get mentioned a lot like when people share things but mm-hmm. like when another yeah. page tags us or something or somebody like i have to share it I don't know if you saw saw that post that I did that was about Trump going into Iran and and the people aren't read. I think it was the the I didn't read Afghan the Afghanistan papers one. Oh no, uh-huh. it was the it was the uh, the that quote from somebody who posted motherfuckers really trying to act like we're all going to get into a world war because one guy got assassinated. And it's Ferdinand. And then it's Rand Ferdinand yeah. asking, "Are you serious?" in German. <laughs> yeah. And underneath with his eyebrow raised. Which was a way harder Photoshop than you might think on a phone. Um, but, <laughs> but like I did that and I posted it and it has just turned into this hyper right oh, neocon shit storm. Shit storm. <laughs> <sighs> but the page and the thing is, way up. Yeah, the, funny, is. the thing that's really funny about the small anarchist pages sharing Wolf and saying not really anarchist and shit is that Wolf doesn't ever claim to be an anarchy page. It's no. just, yeah. Wolf doesn't ever claim to be an anarchist page and, anywhere. Yeah, no, it's not. Nope. It's really not. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I don't, what? I, yeah. It's run by several anarchists. Yeah, there are several anarchists. <laughs> but in, not in only anarchists or admins. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And so the people who are, you know, if the people aren't really you know, into the anarchy thing and they want to see the content from the guy who's not, well, then pay attention to that one. You want to see content from a guy who is, then pay attention to that one. I don't know why it's really hard for you to go, oh, I disagree with that, and scroll past and not turn it into a screaming match. Yeah, I don't really post on there much anymore, but we all have our own fucking tags that we put at the end of each post or our own handle, right? So you can know if it's one of your favorite admins that posted the shit. Or... Or one of your least favorite admins. Yeah, or one of your yeah. <laughs> that's true. I'm, well, that's you know, the, it's hilarious too because the in general the the majority of people who don't understand what my handle is are 
like boomer vets. Like they're the guys who never actually deployed to combat, have never had anything to do with the oh, military pogues. in the past 25, 30 years. Yeah. They're either they're either pogues. It's a lot of a lot of guys who were like coasties or like you know, you'll you'll get so many coasties who pull that crap who have no idea what a pipe hitter is. Like they don't know. And oh, it's just, like just just oh, wait dude. until we have uh, uh space force vets. <laughs> yeah. Of course, they oh. all think that your handle means you're a fucking weed smoker, and so they see you as some kind of like burnout and shit like that. <laughs> Which is funny because I think I'm the one admin who never touches it. <laughs> <laughs> I touched it to just now. <laughs> uh, nope, alcohol is my drug of choice, kids. Yeah. <laughs> lots and lots of alcohol. Uh, okay, speaking of someone that needs to smoke pot. Yeah, that's a good segue. Virginia's governor calls for 18-person gun ban force comes under fire. Yeah, he I needs think. to smoke less pot because he's just like his force is gonna. They're gonna come under fire too. <laughs> Virginia's pop-up gun sanctuary movement has turned its attention to fighting the governor's call for four for a 4.8 million dollar 18 officer team to enforce his proposed assault weapons ban. Huh. <laughs> Two key groups issued the alert this week to push gun owners to four budget hearings Thursday around the state, asking them uh, to quiz state legislators if they will vote for a ban uh, or confiscate weapons. Quote, we understand that this is short notice, but it would have a significant impact if many of our members would show up and make a three-minute statement and ask questions of the legislators and attendants, said Virginia's Citizens Defense League. Yeah, I know, Andrew. I'm <laughs> trying not to laugh, too. Quote, we see in the governor's proposed budget he wants a, he wants $4 million in 18 new law enforcement positions to enforce a ban on commonly owned firearms, said Eric or Eric Prack, Gun Owners of America, Senior Vice President. Quote, gun owners want to know, is this money going to be used for gun confiscation? Both groups have been pretty key in, surpri in surprising success of the organic gun sanctuary movement in Virginia that prompted when Governor Ralph... Notham said he'd back sweeping gun control legislation after Democrats took control of the legislature in 2019 elections. The election surprised gun owners and prompted them to subsequently flood town and community meetings to demand that local lawmakers okay sanctuary resolutions uh, to ignore Richmond's gun control urge. You know what I haven't seen in the news at all? What's that? On the 20th of January, there's supposed to be a huge pro-gun rally at the Capitol in Richmond. Like, um, Yeah, lobby day. Yeah, tens of thousands of people there. Mm -hmm. you and <laughs> you're just not seeing this. In... Hold on. That, okay, okay, okay. So that, actually, uh, Liberty Doll put me onto this. Um, uh, Nikki, she put me onto this. Uh, the, the rally is the 20th. Right, mm -hmm. but the new legislator, new legislation, starts on the ninth. There's bills already in place to mm -hmm. ban the carrying of firearms in the lobby, and they're going to pass that before the twentieth. Okay, but there's a lot of people planning on being in Richmond with their guns on the twentieth. Yeah, it's gonna so be. It's I hope they do. It doesn't have to be a rally, folks. You can make it something else while you're there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all I can think of when I hear he wants 18 is like, I can see the headlines now. An 18 officer force moves out for gun confiscation. 
16 officer force moves out for a second gun. <laughs> no. 14 officer, 12 yeah. officer, <laughs> three officer. <laughs> the yeah. final officer is now recruiting and can't find any recruit. You know, that's <laughs> yeah. that's what I see happening because the reality is that's a suicide squad. It is. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you're talking about going in to Virginia <laughs> to go take guns. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't do it with an eighteen thousand guy force, okay? The the, the freaking uh, red the redcoats tried it. You know, the British Army tried oh, it. Ninety ninety one percent of the counties in Virginia have passed Second Amendment uh, sanctuary yeah. resolutions. Yep. And so, then he's like, and oh, almost well, you... and almost a dozen. I think it's I think it's ten. I think ten different ones have passed. Um, Malicious. Militia ordinance ordinances. Yeah, yeah. So, so you're. I mean, but uh, his whole thing with the oh, well, you need to go out and make your voice heard. There aren't a whole lot of voices to hear, guys. Yeah. Uh, that's especially when you're asking them to out themselves as the people who supported the anti-gun they're, people they're in their asking, community. They're yeah. asking <laughs> people to go and beg the legislators, which mm-hmm. have literally almost all stated that they will support a gun ban of some sort. They're, yeah. they're going to and and to beg their legislators, please don't pass this. Yeah, really. People who are one hundred percent, like one hundred percent, convinced that they know better for your life than you do, who think that they're doing it for your own good. The moral busybodies. Yeah. Well, who's same, that, that same, quote? same people begging government will flip the script and tell you. That the Second Amendment was written to defend the populace from a tyrannical government. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're <sighs> begging. You're literally begging people who aren't going to listen to what you say, aren't going to give a fuck what you think. You're yep. literally um, begging them to let you keep your fucking natural yep. human rights. Please, might please the crown. To, uh, and at what point do you realize that's fucking tyranny? Yeah, to, uh, to quote a, another person who helped on me in my path, Rayo. Uh, the Vanu podcast, Rayo the writer, uh, he called that controlled schizophrenia. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a pretty yeah. accurate assessment of it. It's yeah. it's a it's a bipolar mania of politics. Externally and, controlled, I think yeah. is more accurate. Externally controlled schizophrenia. Yep, and yeah, like I'm not gonna knock on GOA. I know G- GOA Gunners America. It's it's a peaceful organization. They try to change things from the inside through lobbying and whatnot, but see, that's why God, I like guys. the FCC better. Yeah, because <laughs> the because the, the, the almost FPC, entirely the FPC, made up of vets. The FCC <laughs> has literally raised the middle finger. Yes, and said, come and try it. Yeah, yeah. I follow They've... their Twitter. I follow the FPC, FPC Twitter. Like, Do they, you... some, they some shows, they say some shit that I'd be like, I don't know if i can send that <laughs> yeah well have you have you seen the 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 morning coffee that they do that their podcast uh, morning coffee is really really good it's on every single morning um and they do like a state of gun rights and and pretty much what i do with my show but they do it like every single morning um and i i could but i just don't want to get up that early so uh, <laughs> but they so they do that and more than once like they've straight up even on that podcast been like, hey, uh, so remember how many gun owners there are in America? Remember how many guns we have? 
why like we're we're asking these people need to understand that we're asking you to not do this not because not if you sake. do it yeah not because if you do it we'll comply and we we'll, we'll just bend you know we'll just bend over and or take because it. we're or, afraid of you yeah. yeah we're asking you to do this because we really don't want to have to start a civil war in our own backyard yeah. And that's what's going to happen. And we'd yeah. really rather not. Like we're trying for this peaceful route. But what this what this is saying with the go and, and beg them and ask them you're just you're asking for people to go and please, sir, if it might please the crown. You're you're literally saying, Hey, go beg. And no, yeah. what you should be doing is you should if you're going to show up to those, you should be telling them, understand if you pass this. Mm-hmm. And attempt to enforce it. There will be blood. Yep. yep. You're starting a war. Bang, bang, bitches. Yep. But I would just prefer that absolutely nobody showed up to those things. Look, we all pass our little fucking 2A sanctuary resolutions. That's our final fucking word on it. Did your, did your county we're do not, it? Yeah. We're not going to wow. come and we're not going to come and negotiate with you. We're not going to ask you questions. We're not going to beg you. We fucking told you where we stand. The ball's in your court. Or That's the message that needs to be said. Or they could do what they did largely um, leading up to their secession. And remember, Virginia was part of the second wave, not the first wave of secession um, it, during the Civil War. But they could do what a lot of states did there, where they just sent a single envoy to lawmakers with a piece of paper signed by a bunch of people that says, hey, FYI. This is your ultimatum. Stop mm-hmm. now. And if you don't, we are going to war. Yeah. And just leave it at that. You get this piece of paper from one guy who's like, I delivered it. That's all I'm here to do. And turns on his heel and leaves. He yep. reads it. And now he has his ultimatum. And he is aware. This is what I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is your last warning you're going to get from the people that you need to knock it off. And, and see... There's a difference between this and like the like the Bundy Ranch stuff and all of that because what people who live west of the Mississippi might not realize, yeah, I'm, you guys do. I know you guys have seen the maps. There is very very little state and federal land Nine, over 90, here on the East Coast. Yeah, ninety one percent of the state of Nevada is under federal control. Yeah, but over here, the vast majority oh, of the land is nothing. owned by private citizens. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, so, most of the historical and, landmarks and, are owned by private citizens. On yeah, these and Tirka, the, Tirka has one on her property. Put there yeah, against there's your will. One in my yard. <laughs> <laughs> but, but um, it's just like, and and the people who want this gun control, they're not the landowners; they're the city dwellers. This what this is going to be is this is going to be a war of the country versus the cities. That's, I think, where America's headed on a large scale, actually, because it is so sharply divided between people who live in the country and people who live in cities. Like, yeah. seriously, bigly divided. Which means that what people who live in the country need to do is stock up on raw materials, like big chunks of metal now, because learn your lessons from the first Civil War, where the South lost largely because they did not have the supplies they didn't have the food although that's that's kind of fixed in this scenario but they didn't have the food and more importantly they didn't have the manufacturing concerns that the northern cities did 
And mm. because they didn't, that's what really killed them. If the if and they people had specialized the too much in like massive amounts of one crop, yep. they had done too yep. much cotton. specializing. It was all cotton, and they relied really, really ridiculously heavily. Well, it was cotton. For- it was tobacco. It was indica, like indigo. It was flax. It was several, several different things. Um, if it wasn't tobacco, it probably had to do with the textile industry. Right. Um, the last. Just along this line, the last three posts from Deterrence Dispensed. One was a deal a DIY electrochemical machine nine by nine uh, nine millimeter rifled barrel. Uh, a 3D printed AR-15 full auto Swiftlink, and a 3D printed AKM pattern receiver. Ooh, so AK lower, uh, fun switch. And a nine millimeter barrel. The problem with the AK lower that I already see is you need to you need to metal center that you wouldn't be able to yeah. use polymer because unlike the AR where uh, the la- the the guy that did it like the, the first one went like went like ninety rounds and then the second went like two hundred something rounds. The last one, I think he had like fourteen hundred rounds through it. I wonder if you did a sheet metal insert, if you could just bend a sheet metal. But if you're going to go to that trouble, you might as well just make a sheet metal lower receiver the way the oh, freaking yeah. Russians did and make stamp, your life easy. Yep. Stamp it. <laughs> just stamp the damn thing because that's yeah. all it is. Like, But, I mean, just, the, just the lower in an AK, unlike an AR, is is where everything is. So yeah. it takes a lot of shock and, you let's know, and everything. See. And um, so I'm worried about Let's see what else is on there. Uh, the complete plans for a 1903 Springfield. Oh, Professor Parabellum's library is also on there. That's very cool. Professor Parabellum. That's a hell of a fucking name. Uh-huh. That's awesome. Uh, SR9 frame, uh, M&P shield frame. Um, For the fun in your life who also might be slightly pro 2A. Yeah. 30-round <laughs> uh, um, uh, Menendez magazine. That's the, the G17-19. Oh, here's a, here's a fun one. The <laughs> Project Low Point. It is a 3D printed High Point C9. Why? Because they want they wanted to prove it could be done. It's dumb though. Oh. <laughs> 3D printable fuel filter baffles. See now that that could be useful. However. Not that I'm saying that anyone should in any way, shape, or form for legal reasons. However, you can simply get a thread adapter for <laughs> a 1 in 26 thread that changes it to the proper thread for an oil filter. And if you use a brand new oil filter for a car, that works really well. And the first round just punches the hole for the subsequent rounds. Yeah, I've seen that. And v, you, uh, got, you got to say it out loud. It's a VC61. Yeah, a 3D printable receiver. A VZ61 Scorpion. Scorpion. Which is the finest one handed automatic weapon I have ever handled. Oh, I have to say. Fucking beautiful. In 32 ACP. And you laugh at 32 ACP <laughs> as you should because it's severely <laughs> underpowered. But this is this is the. Uh, the auto. Bon- <laughs> the mom's demand action full auto 3D printable swift link. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, Somebody's got to make a Beto one and <laughs> oh, a Northam. You know, there needs yeah. To be a Northam. 
let's let's just start throwing those names, attaching those names to it, so that then if anything happens and the media is well, yeah, the... they have to start saying it. Like people a thousand years does, from now are going to be scratching magazine. their fucking heads over this because, like, <laughs> up to this point, weapons are named after great heroes or people who invented them or, you know, contributed to the industry or whatever. And then all of a sudden, we switch to name them after the people who we want to shoot with them. <laughs> well, I mean, um, but you know, it, Lindsay was a Lindsay was an archaeology major in college, and like her and I always, you know, and I was a history major, so we always laugh about the fact that, like, occasionally in archaeological digs and things, you'll find stuff that is just completely incongruous, where it makes no sense. And we always laugh that that's just something that they threw in there in case somebody dug it up one day so that it would confuse the hell out of them. Yeah, would I always wonder no about sense. that. Where it's like, oh, so this guy's clearly a warrior. He's in armor and he's got a sword and everything else. And why is there the stone carving of a duck in here? Like, just... Yeah. <laughs> And they literally just threw it in because they're like, ah. and then they're like, maybe this was a mass grave, and there's children under here, and we have this other theory, and no, it's yeah. just some asshole 400 years ago. <laughs> it was like, it was like, oh, this would be fucking funny, yeah. Or it was an inside joke between him and his buddy, you know, where it's yeah. like a duck, and so he tossed a duck in there, and we're never gonna get it, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, can we, I guarantee you the 21st century, especially the early 21st century, will be looked at by people in the late 21st century with complete and utter confusion. Like we look at like right now, we look at the early 20th century and go, well, I mean, they were a little nuts with like, hey, let's throw cocaine in literally every medication we give everyone. And mm -hmm. You know, all these, uh, you know, everything contains alcohol in enormous amounts because that couldn't possibly go wrong. Things like that. <laughs> and women were being treated with for fucking mental disorders with vibrators and forced, forced. Not organisms. that I think that's yeah. the worst idea in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine being one of those women like, no, no, please stop. A little yeah. to the right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> being treated by being treated for hysteria by a fucking electronic yeah. dildo plugged into the wall. I'm just picturing yeah. this freaking doctor. Like, or after being thrown a while, in a yeah, mental yeah. hospital for wearing pants like a man. Like, I've seen those lists of shit they would used to oh, yeah. commit women for. Uh -huh. yeah. Yeah. Remember, yeah. there was a point in time where they would arrest people for having their bathing suit too short uh -huh. or, or, or too too far above the knee. Yep. Oh. Yeah. See, and we look back at that and we go, okay, well, I mean, that's, you know, they're, they're, they didn't know a lot. You know, when it comes to the medicine and stuff, they didn't really understand. And that stuff, well, it's all antiquated and it was still as carryover. But, the but then you try to see, century, you try to get people to see that there are people today who are as certain of their <laughs> pseudoscientific bullshit yeah. as those people were certain of theirs a hundred fucking years ago. <sighs> and that the science is never fucking settled. And we can't assume that anything is like the perfect cure for this or that or whatever. Even then, it... What, what I was saying, though, is, I mean, we're so weird. We have such a twisted sense of humor that come the late 21st century, people are going to look back and be like, I have no idea. I don't understand any of <laughs> They're this. They're going to fucking examine all. the meme economy. Yeah. They're going to be like, why the hell did people find this entertaining? Yeah, why is <laughs> they this won't funny? Understand. I don't 
but they'll be the one guy. You know, they'll be the one guy who's like this drunk, complete dropout, borderline dropout college student who's failing all of his classes, who's in the sociology class. Who happens to look at a look at a meme and like super hungover and go, ah, "I get it, right?" He'll be a genius, because he'll suddenly yeah. understand. Yeah. All of yep. it. And he'll be like, no, it's really funny. Why don't you? He'll become a fucking tenured professor because he understands meme culture. Yeah, and he'll be constantly yeah. stoned <laughs> out of his gourd and uh-huh. early t- early twenty first century art. Yeah, yeah. There is a class right now. There is a class, and I think it's Harvard. I know it's an Ivy League school. I don't remember which one is. That is a meme class. Nah, I'm not up. making that up. That yeah. is a real thing. <laughs> It is a class in memes, and the reason is because it's a linguistics professor teaching it, and his point is that this is actually the way that language has always been, where it does these things, where things become this, this you know, where all memes Actually, that's really the are. definition of meme. Meme was yeah. a word that existed long before this ever happened, and it was for something that was like a cultural or social phenomena that like almost everybody understood without having to have it explained to them. Right. And it was, it, and it's, his point is that all it is, is really, it's a pictorially distilled idiom. It's something it's hieroglyphics. We've already drawn this connection before. Yeah, it's, it's fucking hieroglyphics. And we, and most of it worships cats. We've come full circle. Yes. Uh, Brown University has one. And so does UC Berkeley. Good Lord. <laughs> Nice. Uh, Northwestern also has a meme studies department. <laughs> Wait, department? Yeah. They a have whole like department? An entire, yeah, an I, entire department I dedicated to memes. So. And people said I would never amount to anything. I think I'm about to work for a college. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll bet you money that they are fucking you, killing you themselves ima- trying to predict the next meme craze. Can you and imagine, can never you imagine a, a, a meme class at Ultra PC UC Berkeley? That's oh gotta God. be hilarious. Because the left can't fucking meme. They don't get it. <laughs> yeah, they, <laughs> they don't, don't get it at it all. all. I would love to sit in on just one of those fucking classes. Oh, oh that must way? be so entertaining. Oh, oh. man. Oh. I mean, especially memes that make fun of specific cultures, like in a in a roundabout way, like like Doug. Like just mm. the, the very wow, much what like they're they're never gonna understand that. Yeah. Because they're going to be like, but I don't get it. Is it supposed to be making fun? Because remember when Far Cry 5 came out and you had those ultra PC leftist game reviewers who didn't understand um, when you met uh, What's-His-Face's dad. Um, mm-hmm. uh, um, what's his name? God, why can't I think of his name? Herc. When you mean Let's Herc's go. dad. <laughs> yeah, and he's like hyper right-wing MAGA, like the stereotypical hyper right-wing neocon and they're like i don't understand like am i supposed to like hate him am i supposed to like him i don't understand what this, what's the point of it um herc's an, a recurring idiot who used to build monkey bombs and then felt bad about the fact that he was killing monkeys and like praise <laughs> to a monkey god now for forgiveness like <laughs> he's yeah. a running gag in these in these games and it makes perfect sense that that's his dad and yeah. you don't get it because you don't actually possess a sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or right. a sense of like self-awareness. Cause I'm, I'm willing to bet that the older generations of your family are much like 
his dad, and here you are, <laughs> flips totally the opposite direction. So, so, all right. On that note, the left can't meme and the right can't and the right can't econ. Yeah, uh, Trump's tariffs are backfiring on the U.S. According to the Federal Reserve. Now I hate to say it, I told you so. <laughs> yeah, but I gosh, we, we, I, but I told you so. I fucking told you so. Yeah. Uh, A new study from the Federal Reserve found that President Trump tariffs are backfiring. According to the Fed study, the tariff that went into effect in 2018 have not led to higher uh, higher producer prices, but also a loss of jobs, according to the uh, uh, reset. All right. According to the Fed study... According to the Fed study, the tariffs that went into effect in 2018 have led to not only higher producer prices, but also a loss of jobs across the U.S., particularly particularly manufacturing. A previous analysis also found that tariffs have cost the U.S. $42 billion so far. Now, I feel like at one point in time, any one of the three of us, back when this thing was fucking <laughs> proposed, could have stated all those exact things were fucking going to happen. Why do they did, have to actually. implement this shit? Yeah, we did. Yeah, I mean, like, at any given time, you could have caught any one of us at that time and asked us, and we would have told you that exactly this would have fucking happened. But I don't understand why they have to do these studies after they fuck everything up to understand it when Gosh, we fucking knew out. it was going to happen. We're yeah, not, it, like... What's, what's funny is... Tariffs caused rising prices the last time they were implemented. It turns oh. out that after 35 su- test subjects, we've determined that shooting yourself in the foot is, in <laughs> fact, detrimental to walking. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, quote, <laughs> uh, in terms of manufacturing employment, rising input costs and retaliatory tariffs each contribute to negative relationships. And the contribution from these channels more than offset a small positive effect from import protection. No. For producer producer prices, the relative increases associated with the tariffs are due solely to the rising input cost channel. We find little evidence for a relationship between industrial production and any of the three tariff channels considered. I am shocked. Shocked, I tell (sighs) you. These yeah, are the people uh, running this fucking country, but vote harder. Hold on, yeah. hold on, hold on. Save, save your, save your dismay. It gets even worse. <laughs> Back in December 2018, Trump tweeted, "Quote: Almost 500,000 manufacturing jobs created since I won the election. Remember when my opponents were saying we couldn't create the type of job anymore? Wrong. In fact, these are among our best and most important jobs. However." Four tit-for-tat tariffs between the U.S. and China have thrown a wrench into those plans to revitalize the manufacturing sector. Quote, while the, no, while, while the longer-term effects of the tariffs may differ from those we estimate here, the results indicate that the tariffs thus far have not led to an increase in activity in U.S. manufacturing sector, the Fed study stated. According to the study, the industries hardest hit by the retaliatory tariffs from China include producers of aluminum sheet, Iron and steel, motor vehicles, household appliances, and computer and other electronic equipment. Like literally all manufacturing jobs that exist in America at all. Like, like who, like who, who would have thought? Like, 
like we're going to say you can't bring that in here uh, because we want the U.S. manufacturer to be protected. Well, if the U.S. manufacturer produces like one or two or three or five percent of the global market on that, mm-hmm. like how do you expect the like sole U.S. producer of something to fulfill U.S. needs? Yep. And if, yeah. if and the whole like, time, the whole time and, that it was happening, there anybody who knew anybody who was in like uh, roofing or construction or any, you know any kind of manufacturing concern that was in charge of it was well aware that they were bitching about the fact that the costs for doing business were just going up, yeah, and yeah. up and up and up. And the irony is that half of those people were also going, "Oh, but Trump's tariffs are gonna, you know, it's no, he's the they're not playing fair, and so we need to." That's people you know, who don't understand you know how- a modern economy because you know what the problem is that they never take into account American manufacturers need components that are manufactured yep. elsewhere. And on top of that, you know how hard it is to start a manufacturing company in the U.S. Oh you know how God. expensive with, that is with, with all our, our with all our taxes and fees and fines and and the and regulatory burdens. The, and the, the one that the I can I can and give you an exact number. On. I can give you an exact number on if you were to start, say, a vape juice company, which is a fairly simple. You're literally just taking a couple of liquids. You're pouring them together, going shake, 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 done. Right. If you want to do that in the United States and the company that I'm I'm talking about is actually now sold out because it just wasn't worth it. um, They spent for a very, very small, extremely local company. Over $1.2 million to start making it. Mm-hmm. Just to start $1.2 yeah. million. And almost all of that was licensing. And you know what? And I've <laughs> I've done business plans for like something as simple as uh, espresso drive through kiosk. Right? You would think those would be really cheap to start up. And no, it was going to be like 600 grand to start up one of those. And Mm -hmm. a huge portion of that went towards licensing inspections and the inflated cost of doing business because the government has their hands in literally everybody's pocket that you do. And a lot of it, a lot of it is because is really because the boomers still largely control a lot of the vote. They still largely control a lot of the political and economic movements in the united states and what's happened is they had they were the ones who incrementally created all of these problems all the barriers to entry to protect all of the barriers yeah and now are saying well when i was a kid it was super easy well yeah it was because it was before you asshole and that's what um, i would say they climbed the ladder and they burned the rungs as they went yeah uh, Doug Barry, Senior Director of Communications and Publications for the U.S.-China Business Council, told Yahoo Finance that the findings came as no surprise. As the report, or quote, as, as the report authors note, in an era of globally interconnected supply chains, you cannot simply raise tariffs on import to protect domestic manufacturing That's... because a lot of these imports are actually immediate intermediate goods that domestic manufacturers need. What? That's what I just said. Yeah, yeah. They need components from other countries. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Whoever, yeah, whoever could have guessed that when you have, you know, 90% of your goods in your home are 
assembled if they're made in the USA are assembled in the USA and all of the components, you know, and it always says from parts manufactured in China, Taiwan, Malaysia, the Philippines. Yep. Uh, Right. Blah, blah, Uh, blah. Yeah. Quote, (laughs) these retaliatory tariffs may harm the U.S. manufacturers by decreasing their competitiveness in foreign markets. If only somebody had told you that before you fucking did this. Yeah, if only we'd been saying that, I don't know, literally the entire fucking time. Yeah. (laughs) And it wasn't even just anarchists saying that. Like, there was tons and tons of people who were saying that. There were tons of economists. There is, I mean, even, even people in the Krugman camp understood that this was a bad decision. If even those guys can get it yeah <laughs> yeah and those guys are freaking broken and the people who believers right and the people who suck at economics they all have trump derangement syndrome so they were against it anyways yeah so they, they would <laughs> if trump if trump murder if trump freaking murdered hitler they'd be like but what about all the good things hitler did unfortunately yeah. trump ha- didn't murder hitler and instead we have a bunch of quote-unquote anarchists saying what about all the good things hitler did so yeah it's fucking weird well trump trump wouldn't have been able to do that because of his 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 foot yeah his bone spurs that's right sorry guys i mean i'd love to come to iran with you and fight but i got these these horrible (laughs) bone spurs i need to go get a foot massage and oil right now actually because of them yeah they're just killing me but you guys (coughs) you guys go ahead and you go die for a bunch of lies and bullshit which is totally not lies and bullshit even though the (laughs) afghanistan papers proved that even going into afghanistan was based on lies and bullshit but i'll be i'll be thinking of you from my therapeutic round of golf yes. and what's the, and the best part is that the shit that those assholes used to dodge the draft those aren't reasons to get out of the military anymore <laughs> yeah <laughs> they don't let you out for that shit anymore well the good thing is that you know it's 2020 now so if you did get drafted you could just say you're female yeah you know somebody on my facebook feed said that at prominently mm. placed like anarchist tattoo, because I know for a fact that the U.S. military and government consider voluntarism and anarchism to be extreme viewpoints, and supposedly that's yep. supposed to disqualify you from military yep. service. Or you could, you know, come with me to Peru, and we can build our empire. There yep. you go, Peru. And Jason and I have talked about it. Jason and yeah. I have talked about Peru. Peru is the ticket. I've got it all <laughs> mapped out, man. Yeah. All true, out. true Peru, not some Galtz, 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 Galtz BS. Yeah, no, 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 yeah. no. We're we're going to Peru, oh. and we are going we are going to make utopia there. Still help me. It's going to take a lot of money, but it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> I just need a lot of money. <laughs> oh. All right. Um, this one, <laughs> this this. All right. As, as good as that last one is, this one is just all right. <sighs> Warrant not always needed for inadvertent NSA surveillance of Americans. Oh, it was I, an I'm gonna, accident. I'm going to read that again. I want to read that. Warrant not always needed for inadvertent NSA surveillance of Americans. Yeah. I actually bumped my shoulder yeah. into the into the the laser mic and aimed it at the wrong window and accidentally heard this. Now I speak, I speak government East. Okay. So I know what they're talking about. What yeah. they're talking about is if they're surveilling somebody else and they catch you doing something, yeah, that's, they that's don't exactly need a warrant. It's like, 
It's it's yeah. like um uh when you get the police get a search warrant for cannabis or, or for whatever, and they go in and and then they see something else, right? Yeah. That that's inadvertent, but right. It's that's what it is. So, yeah, but uh, but there's the US... so many laws now they can fucking watch you for anything. I mean, they just have to make oh, some bullshit up to get a warrant. This is just this is all 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 theater. This is all or all theater, right? I mean, this is all yeah. covering. Um, Smoke the, mirrors. Yeah, FISA, FISA's already cleared spying on all Americans. Well, yeah, well, and on, I mean, and on top of that, too, you know, remember that as long as, so basically, as long as RICO has existed, they can do surveillance on you for any damn reason they please. Yeah. Yeah. Because conspiracy. And it's the right. federal federal government they don't care about the fucking laws in the first place yeah all right they write uh, the U- yeah the u.s government may collect information about u.s citizens without obtaining a warrant if the information is gathered inadvertently while legally carrying out surveillance of a non-nationals abroad a u.s court ruled on wednesday this is uh from the 18th the second u.s court of appeals in new york ruled an appeal by argon has has but Pastrami, H A S B A J R A M I. He has pastrami. I have pepperoni. <laughs> he had. He had. Yeah. Ar- Argon, Argon has pastrami. Okay. So Ar- yeah. So Argon. Okay. So second Argon appeals, has uh, pastrami. That's what we're calling him. We're, we're going with that. Has Ar- Ar- Argon, a U.S. resident, uh, arrested in 2011, and who later pled guilty to charge of attempted to provide material support to terrorist organization. Uh, Argon challenged the charges, questioning whether the U.S. National Security Agency had legally obtained the information about him without a warrant. The, quote, incidental collection of American communications by NSA electronic dragnet that explicitly targets people abroad and without U.S. ties was permissible under the U.S. Constitution, the court ruled. It also said, however, that examining the content of databases of stored NSA information could violate the Constitution's Fourth Amendment protections against unreasonable search and seizures. I think I'm having a seizure trying to keep up with this. What the f- What? Alright, yes. Yeah, um, okay. I-, I saw your eyes bug so hard. Alright, when I said, um, NSA electronic dragnet yeah. That explicitly targets people abroad and without U.S. ties was permissible under the U.S. Constitution, the court ruled. Because that's definitely how harvesting metadata works. Is It, it <laughs> definitely only targets specific people because that's the definition of meta, you fucking idiots. Yeah. I just... Uh, if you honestly think... Okay, hold on, hold on. That, okay, this, this, this is the part that really gets me. Okay. Um, the incidental collection is totally legal. Right, but the examining of the content of the databases stored is it somehow a violation. So what they're saying is to sum that up, to translate that, what they're saying is, if you are listening actively <laughs> and you hear it, it's okay. However, yeah. once it has been saved, if it is not observed in real time, yeah. You now cannot use it by going back 
and listening to it. However, what's hilarious about that is anyone who has ever worked on any of those ops is well aware that that's exactly what you do. You go back to the metadata, you start streaming through it, you figure out connections, yep. you follow that fucking spider web, and you find your end target, yep. and you don't give a damn about the constitutionality of any of it. And that's farming. how they're always going to work, because the only people who could ever complain about it are the people who get killed. <laughs> yeah, well, and the only time they have to exert themselves is that they get busted. They have to come up with some fucking excuse through, you know... And that's what this sounds like. This is this is people fucking um, grooming a public statement or a public grandstand to say, yeah. "Oh, see, it's okay. We did it by this and this rule." Uh, it's it's that's that's okay. Uh, two quick paragraphs. Um, try not to spaz. Okay, the court said the quote vast majority of evidence prosecutors had used against Argon was quote lawfully collected. But prosecutors did not provide information to the trial court about whether investigators had, quote, queried uh, NSA databases. Hold on. The, the NSA surveillance program is sometimes called PRISM, which gathers data from tech and telecom companies under court supervision and under the authority of Section 702 of the Federal Intelligence uh, Surveillance Act, but without individual warrants. I have no comment about any of that. There is a non-disclosure agreement standing in my way. I'm just saying. I have non-disclosure sta agreement standing in my way, and I don't give a fuck. What are they going to do? Arrest me? Bring it. So, yeah. I'll, I'll say, <laughs> Intercept, go to the, the However, Intercept website and look up PRISM. There is yeah, an absolutely I mean, fantastic keep in mind, article. Keep in mind that this is two opposite ends, opposite ends of this. The collection and the actual execution of use of usable, actionable data are very different ends of things. But what I have seen is the moment that we start on a trail, it now becomes that the little fucking eggheads all turn into bloodhounds and they will hunt down through hunt through petabytes, petabytes of data to find every connection to you with this person everything that's been said everything they've collected every social media post you've ever made every conversation you've ever had within range of a hot mic device all of it they will find all of it and they will use it to turn around and either prosecute you which is your best case scenario uh -huh. or if you don't get best case scenario sick people like me on yeah and if we get sicked on you, you don't get away. And it'll look uh, like an accident. It, ideally, unless a statement needs to be made, which occasionally happens, which is when they use flying killer fucking robots in a <laughs> sovereign nation. <laughs> Hold on. Okay. All right. Uh, quote, while we disagree with the court's ruling that the NSA can collect Americans inter or international communications without a warrant... The court rightfully finds that the Fourth Amendment applies when the government searches for that sensitive information in an intelligible database, said American Civil Liberties Union lawyer Patrick Toomey, who filed a brief on the case. Mm. <sighs> I, and the ACLU, I, for as awful as they frequently are, because they are. They, um, like they almost are. always are, yeah. Um, occasionally, they do good work. 
the ACLU. Well, we have another story that the ACLU is involved in, don't we? Oh, we do. We do. Perfect segue. Hello. Look at that. Derek is on the ball. That's right. Uh, The ACLU. That's why I get the big bucks. (laughs) Grabbing those segues. Yes. Yes. Uh, The ACLU of Michigan takes up case of. 14 Amish families under scrutiny in Lenawee County. Uh, the ACLU of Michigan. Okay, I just actually read that. It's the same. The, fir- the Literally, the first paragraph and the title are the exact same thing. On the yeah, I it's, hate that. I hate that. The health department has filed lawsuits against the owners of the properties for what it calls a lack of adequate water and sewer systems. And one particular complaint lodged against the family at... at 10806 uh Engel Highway Mordecai or or Mordecai Mordecai Mordecai, Mordecai. okay the health G-E-R. department the health department <laughs> uh, alleges the property is not up to health code a complaint filed on the matter states that the property was inspected in June 20 June 2015 the inspection found the home quote did not have an adequate sewage disposable or water system and is unfit for habitation Unfit by whose fucking standards? Uh, because it's not sufficiently <laughs> modern. Uh, Are these people student, dying yeah. of dehydration yeah. or dysentery? No. You have no uh, reason to believe that it's not adequate for their needs. Yes, Amish do not use indoor plumbing or electricity. They typically use an out an outhouse and pump water by hand or gas motor. Well, they're not allowed to possess. Use yeah, gets a little murky, but yeah. Not allowed to possess. Yeah. Uh, the health. health department's complaint stated that the sewage and gray water, wastewater from bathtubs and sinks, was being disposed of on the ground and posed a danger to the general health public. On the, the ground, I find yeah. awful hard to believe. Because, you know, uh, and the, the, the absurdity of this is if you actually know how a septic system works. We yeah, have a gravity-fed septic yeah, system at our field. house. Yeah. We leach have a leach field. field. Yeah. yeah. Is there anything any different than what they're doing with an outhouse other than the toilet is not inside the home. Yeah. No. Okay. Uh, the county health code prohibits sewage from being discharged on the ground. Water supply systems must be constructed to provide, quote, potable water that will not endanger the health of the user and can meet the demands of all users according to the code. The code allows the health department to declare dwellings unfit for habitation if they do not meet the standards of adequate water and sewage systems. The department can also issue an order requiring people to vacate the premises if the conditions are not met. It is this is the same, as- like this is the same entity government, right? That will shut your fucking water off if you don't pay them for it. Yep, uh, and then condemn your home this, for having shut it off. Uh, yeah. These are these, the health department is. Unelected bureaucrats and hourly wage workers. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh. Yeah. There's no winning with these fucking assholes. Well, there's no way is... around their bullshit. They make sure of that. And this is exactly yeah. this is not the first time that they've done this either. Like or or a unique um, thing because they there's a house. They do it to off-grid survivalists, too. I think yep. he froze, Andrew. Yeah, Andrew. Okay. But, yeah, they um, do it to off-grid survivalists all the time. I think he's going to yeah. talk about that house in Montana that doesn't have electricity. If I, yeah. Uh, le- letters were sent to the residents in 2016 to comply with health code, obtain permits, and cease using an outhouse. An application for sewage disposal was returned incomplete, according to the court filings. More letters were sent in 2016 about the incomplete application. 
In January 2017, the family responded through an attorney that they did not intend to comply. This summer, an order was issued declaring the property unfit for habitation. The health department's complaint alleges that noncompliance harms neighboring properties and children are at high risk. Okay, I got cut off there because my computer yeah. sucks and <laughs> Java. Um, yeah. What was I saying? Oh, so no, this this has actually happened right near me because obviously Wisconsin has a huge, huge mm-hmm. Amish population. And um, up by Bangor, Wisconsin, uh, which is I actually pass by on my way to work every day. Um, there is a house that was built by the Amish brand new they invested a large amount of money and an even larger amount of effort into hand building this house they built it brand new and to replace the old house that was basically falling apart because they did not include electrical connections or interior plumbing when they built it the county immediately condemned the home and it's still standing but they are not allowed to officially live in it. They have to live in the rundown shack on the house or on the property next to the house mm-hmm. instead. Yeah. So it was Wisconsin, not Montana. I was thinking it was in Montana. Yeah. But... yeah. Okay. Um, Phil Mayer, senior staff attorney for the ACLU of Michigan, said the demands from the county to ask the Amish to compromise their way of life. Quote, no one should have to choose between their faith and having their homes destroyed and being rendered homelessness or being rendered homeless. But that's the choice the county is attempting to force on this community. Yeah, it's absurd. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely absurd. And it's absolutely a violation of the First Amendment. Yeah. Even if you ignore the fact that the government has no right to tell me what I can and can't live in because Uh the fact that. They're saying no. You have you have to by law violate your religious principles. Yes. Uh, and let's let's. I mean, we haven't even mentioned the fact that of private property rights on this. Yeah. Right. Like even even a, a absolute First Amendment issue on this, it absolutely should be in the Amish favor, right? But yeah. the 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 private property. That the, these the Amish own this property, right? It's it's their land. They should be able to do with it with whatever they want. But it again, more proof that you don't actually own your property in this country. The fact that that unelected bureaucrats and hourly wage employees can mm-hmm. decide whether your property is okay for you to live in on your property. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. They could just be like, oh. Nope, I don't like this house. It doesn't meet my standards arbitrarily. So, nope, can't live in it. Yeah, and the thing that kills me is, like, if you do it their way and get their permits and all that, they're okay with it. Like, we talked about the septic leach fields. And leach fields, honestly, I'm a big fan of them. Gravity-fed leach field systems, Mm -hmm. huge fan. Because there's no moving parts, really, other than, like, you know, the the um at the spigots and the flushing the toilets but in the septic system itself where you can't get to it there are no moving parts none Mm. and it is just good physics right and a a a gravity-fed leech system can last forever Mm -hmm. if it is properly cared for it will never have to be torn up and it will filter and process sewage forever Forever yeah. and ever. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. So, safely. It keeps it out of the groundwater. It keeps people mm-hmm. from being exposed to it. There is no danger yeah. to anyone at and all. And it's self-contained. You don't need any outside involvement. Like, it's recommended every... So, Virginia does have a law about it. Every five years, we have to have the small holding tank that's before... It's just like a big concrete tank, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that has to be opened up and pumped and inspected. Virginia demands that every five years. But, I mean, if you know what you're doing, right? Like, once a year, we throw a couple of packets of yeast down a toilet and flush it. That's enough to maintain our fucking system. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's all it takes. Yeah, and that's, you know, and realistically... They don't want people being self-sufficient. Well, yeah, and that's what it's about, is the fact that if more people start doing things the way the Amish do, the Amish don't, like, if society collapsed, right, mm-hmm. and the power grid went down, I mean... Mm-hmm. The average Amish day alters in literally no way. Except <laughs> that there's dead cars sitting on the road that they have to drive their buggies around. Yeah, other than that, nothing changes. They go about their business a lot yeah. of freaking off. For the most part. I mean, yeah, there are exceptions because, I mean, they do still depend on a lot of consumer goods and, and things, too. But um, they don't have to, though. Yeah, they but they the means are to do without it. Yeah, they are capable of doing it, doing without. So they are a huge threat to the government because they don't care if the government exists or not. They don't care if society continues or not. They don't care if we have electricity or anything or not because they don't need it. They don't give a shit. I'd rather I'd rather have Jebediah as a neighbor than than uh, any government official. I yeah. um yeah I've I've helped um I mean you know because obviously I I live around a huge amount of Amish not so much now in the city but when I lived in the middle of freaking nowhere, um and I I helped I watched and this is how impressive the Amish community is so right up the road um from where I was at uh at this at this bonfire a uh, barn caught fire from wet grain that had been put away admittedly. That was a mistake, but whatever. Yeah. Um, so it that's had really fire. not a good idea. Yeah, that's bad. It's got to be dry before green. you stack it up. Yeah, and if anyone hasn't seen how much heat builds up <laughs> in that, yeah, holy crap! So because that shit will start bad. fermenting, and that process creates heat. It's a massively exothermic reaction. It generates huge amounts of heat, and you wind up with fire it's like concentrated composting yeah yeah absolutely i've seen compost fire burst into flames too yeah yeah and and fire in an environment that is also full of grain dust Mm -hmm. (laughs) tends to be really bad so (laughs) you and in a wooden building hey let's throw that in there so this whole barn caught fire they had all their animals in there and everything else and we helped pull horses out and everything and holy crap does fire get hot jesus but so we helped pull all their animals out everything else i i I got a little burned a couple of my friends got singed and we pulled all these horses and all this other crap out of their barn got all their animals out and everything and you know and watched it burn to the ground because it took that long for the volunteer fire department to get there. I mean, it, the fire was just raging. Mm. Um, within a week, they hand built without power tools a new barn. As a community, everyone showed up and built a new barn for them, and it was built and full of hay and grain again. 
Yep. That everyone had donated from their own access. They had grabbed a bunch and just given it to them to replace it all. And all the animals went back in. And you would never have even known within less than six months. You would have never even known that anything was any different. Yeah. That that hadn't just been standing there the whole time. And that is the biggest threat to a government. Because none of that, they didn't need anyone else they had us helping get the animals out they had their own community helping rebuild after it was done the place burned to the ground with or without a fire department they didn't need any assistance from the outside they didn't need any of that so imagine i'm I'm a huge fan of that of the i mean i've talked about before with you guys and and uh with nick Irwin on uh enemy of the state tank podstash uh mutual assistance groups that's yep. that's literally what the what the Amish community is. It's a mutual assistance group. Yeah, imagine yep. if everybody had that kind of community with their neighbors yep. and everything. And Where people did. Imagine imagine if they had modern yeah, imagine if they had modern firearms and, and like yeah. actually learn learn how to use them uh-huh. and, mm-hmm. and were willing to use them. Yeah. 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 Imagine and then and think about how many how many of the Amish they don't even really bother with money much. I mean they have ridiculous amounts of it but um imagine if they you know decided screw money completely and they just started bartering for everything well now they don't even need money they don't care at all one way or another right none of it means anything to them Uh yep if everybody follows that blueprint and goes, well, I'm going to take care of my neighbors. We're going to barter. We're going to do as much as we can ourselves. We're going to learn how to do all these things. We're all of the sudden government becomes irrelevant very, very quickly. Yep. And that's a huge threat. So they need to nip what little bit of that resistance is in the bud now before it spreads. Right. Mm-hmm. Especially with the rise of the homesteading movement, because that's really threatening. To <laughs> to them. Them. It is. Yeah. Oh, uh, looks like my uh, camera froze. Yeah. Nah, it's all right. I'm ugly. I don't need to be looked at <sighs> anymore. So, all right, elephant. Let's get the elephant in the room. I mean, we're not going to cover the, 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 the taking out of the guy by the U.S. government in Iran or Iraq or wherever the fuck it was. I'm, I already uh, referenced killing a killing somebody with a flying killer robot. So I think we. Yeah, you. I mean, I think it's a distraction from the big igloo. Yeah. Frankly. Yep. Um, uh, the, big, the big igloo. Uh, that study from the Fed, like that's really damaging. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a good sh- okay, but um, Iraq's parliament called for the expulsion of U.S. forces from the country in reaction to America drone attack on a top Iranian general, raising the prospect of troop withdrawal that could triple or could cripple the battle against the Islamic State group and allow a resurgence of the extremists. Yes, I'm reading uh. this from Time magazine. Ooh. Lawmakers approved a resolution asking for the Iraqi uh, asking the Iraqi government to end the agreement under which Washington sent troops uh, more than four years ago to help fight ISIS. The bill is non-binding and subject to approval by the Iraqi government, but has the backing of the outgoing prime minister. But the vote was another sign of blowback from the U.S. airstrike Friday that killed Iranian general, whose name I'm not even going to try to pronounce, and a number of and a number of top Iraqi officials at the Baghdad airport. Uh, yeah. Um, the killing, right? The, the, the bombing the, and all that stuff, like, like that's not going to start any sort of war. 
But if the Iraqi government approves this and says U.S. troops get out and U.S. Mm. troops and, you know, Trump with his ego says no, that could actually start the war. Yeah. He already basically has said no. He did earlier. Uh, He actually said, um, hold on, I have an article here that said, uh, quote, if they ask us to leave, if we don't do it in a very friendly basis, we will charge them sanctions like they've never seen before. I'll make Iranian sanctions look somewhat tame. So, like I said in a Facebook post (laughs) earlier today, it is what we have reached is for the neocons especially is schrodinger's belief system right where simultaneously (laughs) simultaneously people shouldn't flee their home countries they should fix them themselves and we are obligated to fix them Yeah. yeah and simultaneously we are in iraq to protect a sovereign nation and have the right to completely disregard the wishes of that sovereign nation should they disagree with what we want. <laughs> wait, wait, yeah. hold on. He has, another, he has another quote in this article. Uh, quote, if there's any hostility that they do anything we think is inappropriate, we are going to put big sanctions on Iraq. Very big sanctions on Iraq. You know, I <laughs> seem to remember that, that we've done this before. <laughs> <laughs> with the sanctions in Iraq and oh, I gosh, this really feels like deja vu. Anyway. Yeah, uh, quote: We have very extraordinary, expensive air base that's there. It cost billions of dollars to build long before my time. We're not leaving unless they pay us back for it. The the country that doesn't really have any resources at all. Uh, yeah. Because they don't, it's not like Iraq. Well, they don't have has, any resources well, that we haven't already stolen. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't have any. Like they like half of Iraq's oil was being stolen by the Kuwaitis in the early nineties, right? Mm-hmm. Because contrary to what the media in America wanted to pretend, they the Kuwaitis were in fact actually stealing Iraqi oil. Uh, not to be confused with my saying that Saddam Hussein and his sons were not raving psychopaths and dangerous fucking murderers. What I'm saying is that they were right about that. Yeah. <laughs> the Kuwaitis were in fact stealing their oil. Um, <laughs> and technically the invasion of Kuwait as a result could arguably be justified. So there's that. But like half of their oil was stolen by Kuwait and then the other half has been stolen by the United States. <laughs> they don't really have anything left for us to what what do we we have a shortage on sand camels what are you what are you looking for because as far as my experience has taught me i feel like we need a a whole lot of anything else i feel like we need a few more bombed out villages scattered around the u.s they've got plenty of those i mean you know can we like they make great movie sets are we planning on just like picking up a bunch of like entire towns from like the Sunni fucking triangle and just hauling those things back here and like, hey, filmed <laughs> on actual location. <laughs> okay, uh, a pullout of the estimated 5,200 U.S. troops can not only could not only allow ISIS to make a comeback, but could also enable Iran to deepen its influence in Iraq. 
Uh, the the Iranian general How that we killed dare uh, they have was influence on their neighbor. Uh, the the Iranian um, general that the U.S. airstrike killed, he was actually one of the leading generals that was fighting ISIS. Yeah, because Iran didn't like ISIS either. No, but that doesn't mean that he was a good guy. Like, oh no, he was, led oh, they're all kinds horrible. of horrible. He was a treatment of his own mass people. murderer, a genocidal maniac, oh, of course, absolutely. a raving rapist. Yeah, no, he yeah. deserved to die. Like, don't misunderstand. And oh, I keep no, having to put that out in post constantly about this. He deserved to die. Absolutely, did he At deserve the hands to of die? His fucking victims. Yeah, not us. We did not have the right to kill him. Especially yeah. not in a foreign nation without their permission or knowledge, yeah. which we are allegedly allied with. Yeah. And that's, I mean, you hit it right on the head, Andrew. Just because somebody deserves to die doesn't mean that you are the one that has a right to make that happen. There are other people who have a greater claim to that than you have. I mean, you got to prove that you have a legitimate right to do that we did yeah did he i mean and and then they go oh well he attacked the embassy yeah because the united states government would never lie about that afghanistan papers Uh, it's (laughs) they would never lie about who might be as (laughs) aiding and abetting people who are attacking see but when we start getting into that it just like like i don't even fucking want to talk about that because we could be here for weeks with the whole chain (laughs) like trying to trace it back through history to who fucking started it you know, like nobody even fucking knows anymore who started any of this bullshit because well, it goes back hundreds and hundreds of years. I can happily argue that it actually only goes back about a little over a hundred <laughs> years, actually less than a hundred years, just slightly to the Sykes-Picot agreement. And you can blame Britain and France. But. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, America is guilty of everything they accuse Iran of doing. That doesn't mean that Iran's not also guilty. It just oh, makes us good. hypocrites. It's absolutely yeah. makes the U.S. Yeah, this okay. is yeah. This is an argument between when somebody says Hitler did something awful, and then they go, "Well, but what about Stalin did?" <laughs> just because Hitler is a genocidal maniac does not make Stalin not a genocidal maniac, and just because Stalin mm-hmm. was a genocidal maniac yes. does not make Hitler not a genocidal maniac. Yeah, just because they, they fucking terrible. hated each other doesn't mean that they weren't exactly the same fucking dude. Yeah, no wonder they hated each other. They were yeah. the exact same fucking dude. Yeah. Uh, I I, just, I have to read just a couple paragraphs of this article because it's pot calling the kettle black. Um, yeah. But this is from uh, The Week. Uh, it's written by Ryan Cooper, and it says America is guilty of everything we accuse Iran of doing. Donald Trump, dr- Donald Trump drastically, drastically escalated the United States' ongoing conflict with Iran on Thursday by ordering the assassination of Iran's General Qasem Soleimani with an airstrike at the Baghdad Air- International Airport. It takes what was an arguably all, all arguably already a war with an economic blockade and regular skirmishes with Iran proxy forces to a straight-up shooting war. Events like this bring out the absolute worst in the American foreign policy community. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, yeah. Many conservative writers and thinkers, including na- a former National Security Advisor John Bolton, who was hospitalized because he got a boner uh, from the drone strike that lasted over more than four hours. <laughs> I saw. Um, yeah, you know what? His, his mustache was standing straight out, like it oh, was it was boner. It was absolutely out of attention. All right. Um, 
Bolton, uh, the Hudson Institute's Michael Duran commentaries, Noah Rothman openly cheered the Putin-style cold-blooded murder of a foreign statesman. Others more supposedly non-partisan, non-partisan commentators uh, uncritically parroted Trump administration assertions that Iran was planning something bad. Every top Democratic presidential candidate except Bernie Sanders was careful to for, to foreground that uh, Soleimani was a bad guy before condemning the assassinations and their comments. Wait, hold on. Is Bernie Sanders a top presidential candidate? <laughs> that's that's I, what it says. Since I, when? <laughs> yeah, what? what? Old white guy bad. Vote for Bernie Sanders. Okay. Uh, the truth is that the somebody, other old white guy, yeah. <laughs> he's the other white me. Yeah. Uh, the <laughs> truth is that uh, Salomon, I'm going to keep butchering this guy's name. He's dead. Yeah. So he won't bug me. We'll call him Salami. The other guy was had Salami. The truth Salami. is that Salami Sol- was not that all that different from any of about five dozen current and former American politicians or bureaucrats. If anything, he was considerably more restrained about the use of force. Yes, he was involved in a lot of bloody wars, but so was every American president since 2000. And besides mm-hmm. half the wars he fought in it, and it were started or fueled by the United States, it's just another incident of America's gigantic hypocrisy when it comes to war. Yeah, yes, he was a pedophile, but you know what? So is most <laughs> of the people in our fucking government. Yeah, so. I mean, you know, Iran's in... My that that Facebook status that I shared the Iran's intelligence services installed a king in America, supplied Saddam Hussein with chemical weapons to use on American soldiers, shot down a passenger airliner full of Americans, and put its military bases on America's borders and imposed crippling trade sanctions. I hate Iran for their freedom. <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, wait, sorry, wait, no. That wasn't them. That, that was us. That wasn't Iran. That was America doing yeah. that to Iran. Oh my. My my bad. Yeah, and like when they're like, oh, well, he murdered innocent civilians and the 290 innocent civilians on board that uh, civilian aircraft that we shot down of Iran's. Yeah. That was, I mean, 290. That's almost 300 people. Innocent civilian people that we murdered. <laughs> and the moral of the story is all these assholes at the top are all bad fucking people yes. all of them don't start thinking that you're a good guy just because one of them claims you for their fucking team you know for international fucking dodgeball all right but it he took me you first <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah exactly and that's what it is is oh well but he's he's wearing he's wearing my color so he's okay you know, I mean, can you imagine? Even imagine, though he's basically the exact same human being that you just cheered about getting killed. Yeah. And it's, I mean, imagine, imagine it's, you have two football teams, right? Like, let's say it's whatever team you like and the New England Patriots, because we can all agree that they're awful. Go, so, what, go whatever team. <laughs> <laughs> everyone outside of Boston hates them. So let's agree. Like, let's say somebody on, the Boston, you know, on on the Patriots does something like they they rape their girlfriend. Right. Let's and use the 49ers because Jason's. Yeah, we'll <laughs> use the Niners. 
But so so let's say, but then somebody on the Niners does the exact same thing. This is the equivalent of going, well, but he's wearing a Niners jersey, so it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but that guy, that guy's in a Patriots jersey, so he deserves he deserves to be punished. Yeah. That's what that is all you are doing by saying, well, that guy deserves to die for his crimes because he's Iranian, but all of these American politicians, they're okay because they're American. And yeah. to me, that's the worst part of collectivism. It's not so much, and I mean, this is just by degrees. It's terrible to want to kill people just because somebody says they're your enemy. But it's even worse to rationalize the same fucking behavior from people who are in your collective, in yeah, my like opinion. The, um, uh, the, the, the people that, that cheered when, when Trump pardoned that, that Navy SEAL. Yeah, for yeah. literally committing a war crime. For absolute war crime, absolute legit war crime, and people were like, "Oh, but he's a Navy SEAL, blah 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 blah." Thank him for his service. No, no. one, he's a war criminal, and two, his own fucking dudes hated him. Yeah, <laughs> and said he was a war criminal and testified against him. Yeah, his own unit was calling him fucking what, like unbalanced or something. They always yeah. thought there's something off about him and. He liked yeah. killing way too much. He was mm -hmm. a sociopath and yeah. yeah. And that's that's what it was. You know, but you see that especially in the American military so much. And I don't have enough experience with foreign militaries to know for sure, but I would imagine it's the same with them that there's so much justification of, well, but I needed to do it to save American lives. Well, what happens if what Soleimani says is but I did it to save Iranian lives. Yeah, well, when you train How people for different? violence, they will start idolizing the most violent. And those people become heroes within that community to some extent. And it's even worse because, like, in the military, people who do bad things make everybody else look bad. So they can't always expect, like, unthinking support from other military members. Like, that guy's... Um, unit saying no this guy was fucked up the worst is the people who've never served or oh i you know i could never join the military because i'd punch anyone who got in my face you guys know the people <laughs> i'm fucking talking about so much right <laughs> the people who identify so strongly with the military but have never served in the military they're the worst about it they're the ones oh. who will deep throat anything done by any fucking member of the military. I no, see, I disagree. I think that actually worse than them are the people who served, but were like cooks or they were in supply or like they were a fucking water purification tech and that was all they ever did and they never saw a shot fired in anger. They're worse <laughs> because they've internalized... The glory sponges, the ones yeah. that have to fucking absorb glory from other people. Yeah. The ones yeah. who earn a CAB because a mortar fell 300 meters away from the solid concrete bunker they were hiding in. Yeah. Those guys, they're worse because or, they pretend. Or, yeah, but they pretend that they're somehow they've seen things and they know. And we so have another example of that in stories to tell because we have a cop who's on disability for PTSD. <laughs> For, for being, being put on trial put again on trial. with the segui, <laughs> not <laughs> not not for the shooting the guy. Nope, that isn't what gave him PT. Or what hey, gave, if I nope. keep this up, you guys are gonna have to buy me a real segue. 
I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> what would you even use that for out there? <laughs> Around your house? Hey, I live kind of, I like out in the country, man. I can go all over the fucking place with that. And don't, thing. don't pretend that Declan wouldn't jack it. Cause we all know he would. He would. <laughs> and he figure would. out a way to joust with it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> chase, the, chase the dogs with it. Yeah. Um, oh my God. Uh, yeah. Uh, He's ex- grounded from the dogs right now. No. Ex-cop He's always gets- grounded from the dogs. <laughs> Ex-cop gets $57,000 a year in disability due to stress caused by being charged with shooting an unarmed man. Which she absolutely did, and she's a fucking murderer. Yes. And that's not what she's fucking... That's not what she's traumatized by. No, she doesn't no. have PTSD yeah. from killing the guy. Nope. She has PTSD from being charged... And put on trial for killing him. Being threatened with punishment for killing him. Not for the act of killing him. Being threatened with punishment. Yes. Yeah. Uh, A former brown deer. This is uh, Wisconsin. A police officer who faced felony charges for shooting an unarmed man in the back. Is collecting more than $57,000 a year tax free through a duty disability insurance. Yeah. Devin Creamer, 30, could receive those payments for life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Creamer was not convicted of aggravated battery because the jury in her February 2018 trial could not agree on a verdict. Two months later, Mil- uh, Milwaukee County District Attorney John Chisholm said the office would not retry the case. In 2000, uh, yeah, August yeah. 2018, Brown Deer Police Chief Michael Koss announced Kramer, who had been on administrative leave since the shooting, had resigned effective July 9th. He did not say that on July 6th, Kramer had applied for duty disability, contending that the stress of the shooting and its aftermath had left her unable to work as a police officer. And I, oh, I want to point out, don't... Thing. Don't misunderstand that Brown Deer sounds like it might be in the Northwoods. Brown Deer is a suburb of it's, Milwaukee. It's Milwaukee County, yeah. It uh, is a suburb. It is it is Chicago light. Yeah. Uh, Cass at some point supported the application, which was approved by the state um, state's employee trust fund in the fall of last year. Uh, let's see. Uh, Kramer's new benefits were revealed in court <laughs> court records uh, recently filed in a civil law, civil rights lawsuit. Filed by the man Kramer shot, um, Manuel Burnley Jr. Uh, duty disability insurance or retirement provides income replacement for police and firefighters who can no longer do their jobs because of injuries suffered on the job. For most police officers and firefighters, so she outside... injured somebody else, and now yes. she's getting injury disability because of it. Because yes. of the stress caused uh-huh. by being on trial, because she was. Yeah, going to be held accountable for her. Action. And, you know, and Brown Deer is such a, a dangerous place that she had to shoot him, of course, because, you know, half of it is a country club. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like literally the entire eastern half of Brown Deer is one giant country club. Yeah. So. Yeah. OK. <laughs> um, and, and what what terrible thing did this guy do that she shot him in the back? He was loud, profane, and upsetting to the driver of a bus. Oh, 
Kramer and another uh, March 14th, 2016, Kramer and another officer had escorted Burnley off a Milwaukee County bus after the driver had stopped, waved them over and complained that Burnley had been loud, profane and upsetting to her during the dispute about the fare. Well, that's a hanging offense. String him up. Yeah. <laughs> he said bad words to me. Yeah. Now, okay, the bus has the bus driver has a right to kick the guy off. What right does a police officer have to shoot him? Yeah, for uh, all yeah, see, all three were on the ground when the officers tried to handcuff Burnley. During the struggle, without warning, Kramer fired a single shot between the shoulder blades. In statements she made right after the shooting, she remarked about Burnley's size. He's five foot seven, three hundred and seventy pounds, but did not mention fearing for her or fearing for her or her partner's life. The common justification for using deadly force. So the man was five short, seven, three seventy-five. He was like a fucking beach ball. Yes, he felt he threatened short, by him. Fat and face down on the ground, being handcuffed. Yes. So she pulled out her gun and sh- fucking executed him. Well, he's not dead, right? He well, he's not dead. Filed no, the yeah, civil yeah. Suit. Well, tried yeah. to execute. Yeah. Him. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, in her mind, that's what she's doing. She's like, oh, he's not respecting my authority. Bam. Yeah. Kill him. Um, at her they trials, don't even give you the courtesy of a fucking Rodney King style beatdown yeah, yeah. anymore. Uh, at her trial, she testified. Yeah. Uh, at her <laughs> trial, she felt, or she testified that she felt Burnley was resisting and that she felt, quote, alone in the struggle, despite the presence of her much larger partner, Michael Lehman. At one point, she said she feared Bernie was reaching for his waistband or perhaps a gun and then shot him. Lehman testified that he had not seen a gun on Bernie or heard him or anyone on the bus say he had one, nor had Lehman heard any threats from Burnley or seen him attack the two officers. Bernley, who had never been arrested for, was on his way home from his job at and an let's... auto transmission shop when he was taken off the bus, he admitted using profane profanity, but testified he was not resisting the officers and was expecting only to be tased when he realized officers were having a hard time handcuffing him because of his size. So he was yeah. too fat to get handcuffed, so she just shot him. Bernie, now yeah. 28, was hospitalized for 12 days and lost part of a lung. The bullet remains in his body. So even if he was reaching for a gun, he's a 375-pound man face down on the ground. Do you really think that he could have fucking aimed it at you before you could have shot him if he had a gun? Is there any reason to shoot him before you're positive that he has a gun? No. And is pointing it at you? Absolutely if you are, I mean, like, it, I, it would probably take him 45 seconds just to roll over enough to aim it at you. Well, and I bet, you know, and I bet she has PTSD from this because she's clearly such a complete, to her core, coward. Yeah. Scared little girl coward that she probably is haunted by the fact that she almost had to go to prison for being a coward. Yeah. Yeah, but... That doesn't mean she deserves anything for it. In fact, what she deserves is to be made fun of and tortured until she commits suicide. Wait, wait hold on, but... hold on, hold on. <laughs> the, the, defendants assur- the defendants asserted that Kramer used reasonable force and is protected by immunity. And that, Burn- and that Burnley's own conduct led to him being shot. His own him, conduct, being too fat to handcuff. Him being, yeah, yeah him being fat face down on the ground and being difficult to handcuff 
okay, you deserve to die, fat fuck. Okay, yeah. okay, no, okay. Like, as 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 fucked up as everything to this point is, this this paragraph makes it even worse. Okay, in his brief, uh, Elson Elson cites Kramer's September swearing deposition, in which she said she now gets about forty eight hundred dollars a month in duty disability. That is more than if she was earning while employed as a police officer. So she. She fired on an unarmed, unable to struggle or do much of anything to her man who had surrendered and is now making more money. More and not even having to work anymore. More money on disability than she was making as a police officer. Yeah. There you go. Vigilante justice is the only real justice. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, you've, been, you've been reading that book, huh? All I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> the justice system cannot deliver justice. Clearly has yeah. not delivered just delivered justice and will not deliver justice in the future. No. And they are the ones most likely to perpetrate injustice. Yeah. Let's take that another step and make that very clear. They're the ones most likely to violate your rights out of anybody around you. The yeah. fact that the term qualitative immunity exists. Yeah. Is fact proof that ironclad that there is no justice system. Right. Yep. Yep. The same people who are <sighs> under no obligation to protect you in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> Not only are they under no obligation to protect you, but police departments have the right to refuse to hire high IQ individuals. Right. Yep. So you have a bunch of dumb people with no obligation whatsoever to protect you and a license to murder you for any reason. Oh, and shoot your dog if it moves. Yeah. 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 And people who are being fed on this idea of cowardice that they feared for their life, that they... The slightest fucking warrior. movement from someone is a threat to that. Rise of the warrior cop. Look it up. Yeah. Yeah. No. That's all right. <laughs> I gotta get all going. Right. It's like eleven. Yeah, I do okay. too. All right. So. Well, uh, we won't do this last article. So, all right, you guys. Um, it is getting late, I guess, over there, huh? East coasters. Yeah. So eleven. All right. Here. Well, this has been episode seventy-nine. Thank you, and. uh We'll catch you next time. See you. Peace. Peace.